Welcome back to Arab American Psycho. My name is Noor, and this week's guest is a creative producer, director, and content creator. Welcome to the show, Alex Roth. Happy to be here. Listen, yes. we... I'm, sta- I'm staring at your shirt right now. <laughs> we, can, we, can start, we can start real fresh with this one. Listen, he is wearing a shirt that says destroy Nazis. I love the shirt. I've heard tales of the shirt. And I was just informed that it's it was... It's a very infamous shirt. It was worn for me. It was worn for you. And I feel honored. Listen, I don't wear... I have a lot of fucked up shirts with a lot of fucked up sayings. And I, d- I only wear them with a purpose. And it's, I know it's going to spark conversation no matter where I wear them. And might I add, yes, there are a lot of fucked up shirts, but I yeah. think that, you know, express yourself. Why not? So and like, this one's for you. Thank you so much. Because also genuinely, like, I want this shirt <laughs> because who doesn't want to destroy Nazis? That's what I'm saying. We should destroy them. We absolutely should. And I think unanimously everyone can agree. We should. <laughs> I would hope so. We, exactly. And if you don't. I want to destroy you, and yeah. I put that on a t-shirt. And that's exactly how we feel. But I do feel like, immediately I saw, I was like, I want a shirt that says, destroy Nazis and Zionism. <laughs> <laughs> immediately, that was my reaction. I almost spit out my water. The way that I will literally say Palestine just for no reason, every, everywhere <laughs> I am. It's a tick. It's a it, tick. It's a literal tick at this point. Like, at, the whole time at the event that I went to last night, I was just like, we're like a Palestinian group of girls. We're a Palestinian band. I was just like, it is a tick. Wow. Yeah. I should see a doctor. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> Okay, so Alex and I were actually talking about like his multi-hyphenate fucking career because you really do so many different like creative, I guess, jobs. And we were talking about the title content creator and how it could feel pejorative to say the least because you'll, you know, people with eyes know. (laughs) People, if you've got eyes, it's quite obvious. You know, but it's also like, Alex is so artful and like thoughtful with everything that you produce, whether it be like working with a brand or whatever. But I mean, when did you start creating content? I think I look at it in two different periods. I would say that I started creating content for fun in roughly 2015. I think I was still in college and um, I was... I loved being in college, but I didn't have a drive for the schoolwork that I was doing. So I kind of needed a creative outlet that didn't feel like a creative outlet at the time. I didn't really understand. I, I did it purely in, for fun. And when you're doing something purely for fun, you kind of lose track of the um, the idea that something can also turn into something else. Because like, you're just enjoying it. You're just enjoying it. Yeah. I was enjoying it. And I was you know, posting little outfit pics. and Little fit pics. Little, little fit pics here and there. I would go home on the weekends. For context, I went to school in Baltimore. And I would go home on the weekends and make my dad take my fit pics. And, Wait, your dad took your fit pics? Oh, my dad, was, my dad knows my angles like oh, no one else. That is like the dream. Yeah. The way that my dad could not take a singular <laughs> good photo of me. I, it, it took a lot of trial and error, but we got there. We got there. And then the other side is I would say that I started taking it seriously in 2018 after I left my first job out of college. And after I left that job, I was still kind of, you know, it was still for fun and I wasn't, I had an idea of what it could turn into, but I also kind of was a little not, I mean, dumbfounded, it's not the word, but, um, What's the word when you... You have, like, that belief that, like, you're... I can't believe this is happening to me. 
No, like things are like, you know, natural causes and everything are going on around you. But then, okay. And I don't know where I was going with this thought. But I, I want to know. So no, about. no, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of the word and it's, it, it's not going to come to me. And if it Is comes it not to an me, existential I'm, crisis? <laughs> well, that's, I'm currently going through one oh my God, perpetually. Same. We all are. But anyway, yeah. in 2018 was when I started taking it seriously and kind of understanding that this could be a full-time thing but it was always something I thought of as a starting point I knew this wasn't the end-all be-all and I think that using this tools and meaning social media as a way to leverage things that you want to accomplish in life is definitely very of the times and I think it's quite smart and it's something that I think everyone should think about I mean, listen, if you have like a platform, like there should be like, not should be, but like ultimately what, what is the purpose of it? Yeah. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's fun and it's cool and it's a great way to feel like creative and like make relationships and all of that. But like, I do feel like ultimately there should be a long-term goal in mind. Yeah. You know, it's like an ends to a means, Yeah. but I feel like that sounds a little, it might sound a little transactional, but you also have to think about it you know, what happens if, and people always use this analogy, but I think it's quite smart to think about is what happens if social media just vanished? Right. What are you left with? What is your voice that you either use or try to emulate on social media? Does it translate to real life? And can you still continue that voice with what you've currently built? And I feel like you've already started doing that, like in a, in several ways in that, like, I know you've produced so many things most recently. Like you produced like a fashion show, which was, did you not? No. The American Psycho one? That wasn't you? Oh, I didn't produce that. No. <laughs> Me just like literally being like, Alex is the you know producer. What? But, but, but. <laughs> Wait, what, what did you, no. what role did you play? So I did the image direction for okay. uh, backstage. Okay. I produced you. the imagery for the show. And um, probably by the time this comes out, the images still won't have come out. Oh, wow. Something to but look forward to. It's something to look forward to. Yes. Something to anticipate. No, but it was yeah. really, really fucking cool. I was like, this looks like Alex. Like, this feels like yeah. Alex. And, like, I I don't know. I love to see someone be able to put something. I don't know. It just felt really special. Mm-hmm. It was something that I I wanted to do something like that for a while. I work with this photographer who's incredible. His name is Hector Clark. And he and I have a lot of creative ideas that we bounce off of each other. But doing imagery for a runway show was something that I've toyed with the idea of working on, but definitely wanted to bring to life. And, uh, a friend of mine, Lewis was showing Lewis Gabriel Nucci was showing his fall winter 23 collection during men's in January. And I saw a little bit of the collection beforehand and like, it's just so elevated and I was so proud of him and I really wanted to be a part of it in some way. So he asked me to model, but I also asked to work on the imagery for the show, and he was really receptive of the idea. And he kind of just gave us. We talked about the mood, the mood board, and the vision, and how we wanted it to play out. And he kind of just let us have at it, and you know, gave us free reign. And I think that when there's trust between a designer and a creative and a team, it really creates this sort of synergy. That I mean, it's just so obvious when you can do something through storytelling like that, and. I mean, I just can't wait for everyone to see these images because I think it's uh, some of my favorite imagery that I've worked on. And this, listen, Alex has created a lot of beautiful imagery. Just like take a scroll through his Instagram, Google his name. Like genuinely, (laughs) I'm like the amount of like 
times, I don't know, I will bookmark your posts more than any other fucking person because I'm like, this is so thoughtful. Like every detail, the lighting, it just everything about it is so well executed. And I'm like, what what can't you do? Not to gas you up too much, but also to gas you up. I can't skydive. I I also want to gas you up. (laughs) Please do. Yeah. Um, But when did you kind of like backtrack for a second? Mm -hmm. When did you like get into fashion? It was always something nuanced throughout my life, but I didn't recognize the interest in it until I would say college. But um, I think it really, it started apparently showing in my life while I was in college. And I was in a major that I didn't really care about that much. I, I wasn't going to a fashion school. I was, you know, what work, you major in? business management, but business management to climb the corporate ladder. Smart. And which honestly very useful. And I'm happy that I did it. Yeah. But it wasn't something I was generally interested in. There was, there were things about it that I was, I, I learned and I, you know, ingested and I use every day, but, um, it wasn't something for the rest of my life. And I think using Instagram as a creative outlet also helped me turn to fashion and all of that kind of coming together. It was one thing that led to another. It was, you know, I don't know. I don't remember the initial thought on what made me like start a separate Instagram for my outfits because I was, I was so embarrassed. I'm not even gonna lie. I was, I was so embarrassed. Why were you embarrassed? It was, you know, at the time, so and where I was in life and where I came from and the people I had in my life, I didn't think that they were going to be as receptive mm. of the idea about me posting outfit photos. And also, it, it wasn't the term influencer, I think, wasn't really as much of a thing it back then. And it was blogger. It was blogger. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't want to be made fun of. Of course. I was still very much not comfortable within myself to just be like, I'm going to do this and I don't really give a shit what people say. I was not there yet with myself. So I hit it. I didn't tell anyone that I had this profile. It was, I had my Instagram that I made in like 2010 that I had in high school and I was still posting on that, but then I was posting completely separate content on something else. And I was, anytime if someone found it or brought it up, I was so like, just gut-wrenchingly embarrassed. I guess now that you're saying it, I'm like, I think I felt that way also. Yeah, and I think it's normal. It's when you're starting an, in an endeavor that you're, you don't know where this is going to go, and especially if it's something that has been against the grain that you've been, you know, riding this wave in life, and it's something that you're now doing totally different. Yeah, those are obviously thoughts that you're going to have in your life. And whenever someone brings it up, I'm like, no, don't talk about it, like blah blah blah, and like, you know. At the time, people didn't understand, and they would make fun of it, and I would feel like shit. But I, I kept doing it. Like I, didn't, at the end of the day, it was like this is what I want to do, and this is what I'm interested in. I obviously care enough that if you don't like it, it's going to affect me emotionally. But I'm going to continue to do this because something is telling me to like push forward and and work on it. Do you feel like through creating content, you became more comfortable with like your sense of self and identity? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that there is always going to be a community out there no matter what you're working on or, or what you're putting out until there's always going to be a community that understands you and for me to see that and receive love in any in any way comments and like anytime someone would say something positive it kind of made me realize like okay these are my people and this matters and, and this them. this matters to them and what i'm creating whether 
I didn't really think anything of it, no matter how big or small, it can affect somebody. And if I, if it can affect someone in a positive way and I can receive that energy from them, then yeah, this is worth it. And this is great. I kind of love that. Like through posting your outfits, it's like, it does force you to just kind of showcase yourself. Yeah. And like, I, if I'm really thinking about it, I'm like, why did I kind of feel like, I guess, embarrassed or ashamed of it? It was more so like, there's something about it that inherently feels vain. Yeah. And listen, maybe I am vain. And by maybe I, I mean, think we all, I are. definitely am, but <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I am too. But yeah. I, think, I think we all are. And I think yeah. being vain is something I think everyone needs to be a little bit vain. Yes. It's something, it's something that as human beings, we inherently are a little bit and it makes us feel good. When someone tells us we look good, we smell good, yeah. whatever it is, it's like, Oh, that feels great. We love a compliment and you can't deny that. And to deny that is like, why? Like, like why? It doesn't even need to be from a person that I value. I'll still take it. Is oh, it, I'll take anything. Yeah. I'll take anything. <laughs> like, is it going to change my life? No, but it's nice. It's nice to hear. And it feels nice. And I like it. Yeah. And no, I actually looked up the definition of vain like two weeks ago because someone told me that I was vain and I was offended, but it wasn't even the way that they said it. I think still in my mind, I was like, oh, like, why would you say that to me? And then I looked it up and it was like, just kind of like someone who is sure of themselves and yeah. feels, and I'm like, well, that is me. Yeah. And I, why am I mad? I actually shouldn't you. be like, I think like 30 minutes later I was like, thank you. Yeah. And they're like, what the, what the fuck are you talking about? If someone told me I was vain, I'd say thanks. Yeah. Because I'm like, I do like myself. I do. And like, why shouldn't I? It took a while to get here. Yes, exactly. It's like, you know, it's a challenging day to day thing to actually feel good about yourself. Yeah. And like, there are so many like factors. And then it's like, also like the world is dying. So like, yeah, <laughs> the earth is crying right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was a sunny, beautiful day in New York yesterday for no fucking reason. Yeah. Um, but it's just like all of those things kind of make it hard, but it's, if you have that kind of sense of self that you've worked on and you've invested in over time, like it's easier to kind of come back from it. Even if you have like that moment of like, I feel like shit, Yeah. you know? which is I think valuable and it's hard and it's something that people, everyone can do, but it's mm-hmm. like, if you are doing it, like it's commendable. I think me just now complimenting us. <laughs> this is just going to be nor and I complimenting ourselves. So basically <laughs> we're the best <laughs> and everyone should want to be exactly like us because we're doing great. Um, I was thinking about the first time I ever met you mm-hmm. before you got here. Cause I always, I'm like, anytime someone comes to the show, I'm like, when is the first time I met them? And I will never forget. It was, after you had just done your, I think, launch dinner with the M Jewelers for your mm-hmm. collection that you did with them, and you, like, stroll on over, you're wearing a cute-ass fucking outfit, and also Alex is, like, a gorgeous human being, so it's like, who's this beautiful person? And you just started, like, talking to me. Like, you were just like, da 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 like, like, you knew me type of thing, but we yeah. had never met. And I was like, oh, I really like this person. You were saying really funny, crazy things. I'm trying like, to envision this day, because... I've I've done context. I've I've done two collections with the M Jewelers, but I I don't. That, was, that, that's not me trying to be like I've done this and no, they, I'm just like like time has gone by. So I'm trying to think when it was this was in 2021. Oh, okay, and, and it was okay. also outside of a Sune party. If that helps at all, there was like a Sune party, and you had just done a dinner with the M Jewelers. And it was um, in Soho, and it was yes. on the, in the loft. Yes. And, okay. Yes. I know, yes. Time traveling back. I know exactly where this was. And then you were wearing a ring, or like you had a bunch of jewelry on, mm-hmm. obviously, from the collection. And you were wearing a ring, and you started telling me about it, and you mentioned having a grandfather who's at Aki. 
from Iraq. Mm-hmm. Iraq. <laughs> Me just saying it every way. Iraq, Iraq, whatever you Iraq. like. Yeah, Iraq. Iraq. Iraq, Iraq. That's how, uh, my, that's how my grandpa would pronounce it. He says Iraq? Iraq. Iraq. Yeah. That's And then so we start talking about that. And then you told me that it was your grandfather's wish for you to learn Arabic. And I immediately was like, I'm going to talk to this man in Arabic. <laughs> yeah. And I think I did. And you were just like, what are you saying I was to like, me? I'm a babe. I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I appreciate I appreciate you. <laughs> and I just like immediately, I was like, oh, that's your grandfather's dream? Okay, cool. Now. <laughs> Run it back. <laughs> yeah. I'm Al Jazeera now. And I, we were like chatting and I was like, I said like a really creepy thing along the lines of like, you know what my favorite word is in like Arabic, but in an Iraqi dialect, it's mm-hmm. the word for cat. And you're like, what's the word for cat? And I was like, bazuna. And you were like, what the fuck? <laughs> what is, it just sounds so fun and silly. Bazuna. And also like anytime I meet someone who has any Arab in them, I'm mm-hmm. just like, okay, I'm drawn to this person. Yeah. And also Alex is very funny. So I was like, oh, I fuck with this person. But that was the first time I met you. It's all coming back to me now. Yeah. I know exactly. Yeah. Because I know exactly what I was wearing that night. Too. What were you wearing? <laughs> Tell us what you're wearing. Because I remember what I was wearing, which is also really disturbing. But this is how this is when people mention. I don't know this. This is just where my mind goes when people mention dates, events, or anything. My first instinct is, what was I wearing that day? Yeah. I always remember. I was actually wearing the blazer that I'm wearing today. You were wearing a blazer. You were wearing a blazer. I was wearing a, this a blazer from Ray, and I was wearing. The name of the designer of the shirt escapes me. She. Cuts and sews in New York. She's a New York-based designer, young too, and I love her work. And now I'm going to hit myself for not remembering her it's name. It's fine but if you remember at some point in time. Just shout it out. I will. The way um, I shout out Palestine. <laughs> <laughs> just shout out, shout it out. I was wearing a shirt by her. Yeah. I was wearing. Um, I'm pretty sure I was wearing trousers by the Frankie Shop or something, and then just jewelry from the collection. Yeah. And like you, you were talking a lot about like also your grandmother, who's like a Holocaust yeah, survivor. That's yeah. I mean, the, going also backtracking to like when you were when we were discussing about when fashion came into my life. I think that it was jewelry first, and oh. then fashion. You do love jewelry. You I do love. Jewelry. I love jewelry, and yeah. I I think I might even like it a little bit more than fashion. It's just I think that jewelry is so much more. For me, this is also my opinion. Yeah, I think all that opinions are, are our own. <laughs> I think that jewelry is a lot more, or can be as personal as clothing, in the way that, as much as you have to wake up and think about what you're going to wear for the day, I think jewelry is just as important. And jewelry can mean so many things. It's you know you have things that are hand, you can have things that are handed down from you from you know, any parts of the world or any part of your family, same thing with clothing, obviously, but I'm going to speak specifically about jewelry. It's like, I, jewelry has taken on such a form in my life where I've been around it my whole life and not really realized how much of an impact it had on me in the sense that my mom is such a maximalist in the way that like, there's just so there's shit everywhere. When you go home and just, (laughs) <laughs> when I go back to my parents, I grew up 45 minutes outside the city. And when I go back to my parents' house, the first, I can't, there's always just something new in the house. And I, I don't like to make fun of my mom for it, but, she, and she knows it's like a playful thing now, but it's, just, it's so fucking funny. Moms need to be bullied a little she, bit. Lovingly. God, home, her and home goods are, they're like this. It's, <laughs> I can tell. Yeah, she's a home goods Yeah. Literally. She's a home, she's the home goods queen, but growing up with her and, everything was just jewelry, jewelry, jewelry. It's always the accessory. It's, 
it's the lifestyle, it's chic, it's this, it's that, it's colorful, it's in your face. And like, I didn't really register that. But then also my grandma, what my, um, my dad's mom was this, you know, 1950s housewife from Long Island, just so chic. And I use this analogy a lot because it's literally her and I'll, I'll have to find a photo, but Michelle Pfeiffer's character in Hairspray was what my dad's mom was like the big hairspray blonde hair with the capes for dresses and the jewelry everywhere. And it's insane. And then my mom's mom's a Holocaust survivor and the jewelry that she wears today is very reminiscent of her heritage and her past. And it's, it's very on purpose what she wears and it all has a meaning. So I think those, the women in my life have shaped my view of fashion and jewelry. And uh, I mean, obviously much more than that, but specifically speaking, and it kind of just took its own, toll from there and you know the collections that i've done with them jewelers have been dedicated to them in the sense that we i want to celebrate them i want to celebrate the women in my life and i want to celebrate kind of just everything they've given to me uh just in general no and i feel like there is something about jewelry that I was never a big jewelry mm-hmm. girl. In fact, I would say jewelry used to bother me. Like if I put a necklace on, I would like want to take it off immediately. Yeah. Type shit. Rings, I couldn't stand them for years and years. And like, I feel like I was only able to appreciate them when my mom's mom passed away and she used to have these bracelets that she would wear and she gave one to me and all my sisters. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to wear that bracelet now because I'm like, I miss my grandma. So yeah. I wear this bracelet. And that was kind of like the first time I like felt the value of it in a way like it meant something to me and I think from then on like that is how I feel about jewelry and that like it means something to me yeah whether it's like something I inherited or something that reminds me that's reminiscent of something my mom wore it's like something about jewelry feels more intimate yeah and like special mm-hmm. and I don't know I was shocked because like genuinely I would I hated wearing jewelry. My mom used to love putting gold on me. Very Arab of her. Literally loved to put gold on me and I would just take it off and put it in my little fucking Polly Pocket bag. And I, my mom would be like, where the fuck is your gold bracelet? It's real gold, you stupid child. I mean, she probably did not say that to me, but she was like, where the she fuck is that? She was thinking that. You know, like yeah. you should probably not just be throwing it in your tiny little fake bag. Yeah. Um, but I can definitely see in not only the collaboration that you've mm-hmm. done, but like in your personal day-to-day jewelry, like as I'm not wearing any you're wearing today, earrings. you have a necklace on. I have a necklace on, but I'm I don't have anything on currently that I usually wear day-to-day, which is quite odd. But I have a destroyed Nazi shirt on, so you're like that's all that matters. <laughs> that's all that matters it's to me. It's the focal point. It's the focal point. I usually am wearing a piece. I usually have something on my body from each of my family members that has given me something every day. Wait, really? No, usually, yeah. Today, I don't know why today is the day that I don't. But Wait, I, what are the pieces? So on my left pinky, I always wear the ring that my dad gave my mom for their 15th wedding anniversary. On my right wrist, I wear a watch that my dad's mom gave me. I have a high necklace that my grandma, my mom's mom gave me and my... I'm pretty sure I also, I don't really wear the earrings that much, but I have them, uh, a pair of earrings that my mom gave me. That's really fucking sweet. Yeah. And I now, every time I see you, we'll start hysterically crying. <laughs> I did know about the ring that your dad yeah. gave your mom. I didn't know yeah. about that. Cause I, I wanted to make that ring for a while. 
like I've, I've wanted to reproduce that because it, it's so special, but um, maybe coming soon, maybe not. Who knows? I would listen, third collab. <laughs> yeah, th- listen, babe. We're going we're gonna to make it work. Hello? <laughs> Mark Shammy? <laughs> Are you listening? <laughs> Are you listening, Mark? Is it you? Um, but no, I think that was like when I was like, oh, this person is... I'm going to say something and it's going to sound mean. Okay. But sometimes you meet people and they're nice, but yeah. they seem stupid. I get it. And I met you and I was like, this is a not stupid person. <laughs> I, I've never taken something to heart as much as I just did that. No, I was like, oh, like you are funny, but also like the way you were talking about the jewelry mm-hmm. and like the meaning behind it was just so like, this person has a brain and they're using it. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we're not using our brain and that's okay. It doesn't make you dumb, but you're just taking a little break. But I was like, oh, this person is. I just care. Yeah. I just, I just care a lot. And and it really (laughs) came through like immediately upon meeting you. And I feel like that's also rare in fashion, not to say that I dislike everyone, but it's like, you don't Mm -hmm. instantly feel that like level of comfort with many people. And I was like, the way you were was as if we had known each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? I thought that too. Honestly. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, like this person is actually really cool and interesting. And I also was telling him before we started recording, I wanted to have him on for a long time, but I needed to establish the basis for our friendship because I knew it would we be need to better. make sure that this would be right. It would be better. Like, listen, I can have people on that. I've had one conversation with, yeah. and that's what that is. But I'm like, you're the type of person I'm like, I want to feel like a deeper understanding of you before mm-hmm. having you on because I'm like, it will be better. Yeah. And I think we are the best. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just let's just backtrack. Yeah, let's, we're, we're always going to bring it back to there. We're just the best. Um, but you, in making that collection, mm-hmm. like, was that the intention from the like from the jump? You're like, I know that I want to kind of bring my family's heritage into it. That's what it. started it. Yeah, I mean, it started as an idea during COVID for the first collection, and um, it always because. I mean, obviously during COVID, we all had to find ways to be creative. And I thought that there wouldn't be a better time to work on something that tested me as, I I mean, I've always been scared to put out anything, any product or, you know, an image or whatever, but it is scary. something, something about jewelry felt super right and super comforting and, and building that was, was great. And why did I just forget the question? <laughs> Why did I also, the person who asked it? No, the question was more so like, was your intention to mm-hmm. like kind of highlight your family's heritage? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it has affected me so positively throughout the years and just jewelry has also been an outlet for me to feel more comfortable with just walking out the door. I feel, you know, people can take one look at you and perceive you in any way that they want. And I think that now today like in 2023 more than ever it's judging by you know looks and what you're wearing and everything and if i can be as like bold and loud with my jewelry or clothing or anything and if someone takes that the wrong way like good yeah fine i I, kind of like i'll I'll let you like yeah yeah i like it too if like if you don't like me judged by the way that i'm dressing then i will you know, not that I'm going to dress worse because I don't, but no, I will. No, that would never happen. That would be crazy. <laughs> that would be insane. No, that would never happen. But I'll dress louder. Yeah. Like, and it's, 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 kind of, it's fabric. And also like, it's, you can't change everyone's mind about no. things, but you can put things in their face repeatedly. Yeah. As much as you want. You could shove it down their throat. Yeah. And I, I mean, 
you're not going to please everyone. No. You're not going to like it. And everyone's not going to like you and you're not going to like everyone. That's but for sure. the people who understand what you're doing and can appreciate it for, because getting dressed is an art form. Wearing, putting on something, I mean, no matter how big or small, whether it's good or bad, obviously opinion-based, but it's an art form. You're picking something that represents you as a person. And it's interesting to see how people put things together or you know, purchase certain items because it's so reminiscent of one's like own soul that to be mad about a fabric that someone's wearing, it like it makes no sense. It's silly. And obviously there's the basis for style critiques and everything and the way that people put things together. But at the end of the day, this is your own way of expressing yourself. And can you knock someone for expressing their self? Yeah, you, you could. could. Yeah, and I obviously. will. <laughs> you can, and I will. Yeah, but just know that this doesn't represent you as a person no. at all. This is not your thoughts and your judgment and everything. It's like you know, clothes are clothes. Have fun. Exactly. Live, live and, your life, and it doesn't matter what the inspiration was for it. Because I no. feel like there's something about like, oh, like you're dressing this way because you saw Bella Hadid or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck. It's like, yeah. so what? Yeah, and I like. Why it. not? Who cares? Like, it's like. Just get dressed. Yeah. It, put on put on something that makes you feel good. Exactly. Like if that person feels good in what they are wearing, that's fine. And I think the only time I feel like, oh, I don't really like that is if it looks like a person is like wearing a costume. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like they're wearing mm-hmm. it because it feels good. But then also that's me just trying to be a mind reader. Of course. But I also <laughs> think that it can be very apparent when... I like when there's synergy with Mm -hmm. someone's outfit and who they are as a person. Obviously, sometimes, like, you know, people dress away and you perceive, everyone perceives people. Yeah. And you meet someone, you're like, oh, you are not what your clothing represents you. Like, you know, it's like that happens and, you know, okay, great. Fun. That was a twist. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, oh, wow. I mean, I feel like I get that often because I wear Mm -hmm. a hijab and I think people a lot of times, and I don't blame them, will think I'm going to be a specific way and then they speak to me for even 30 seconds and then they're like what the actual fuck who is this crazy fucking person what what did they burn me like you know what i mean (laughs) they're like what is going on but um it's kind of also fun to do that i'm not gonna lie that does also give me joy because i'm like you had a preconceived notion about me and now I've completely thrown you off. And now you're disoriented. Yeah. And I'm going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave you with that and yeah. take that and do with it what you yeah. please. But like, I did want to ask, have you always felt mm-hmm. like a connection to your family's heritage? Like, is that something that you always felt like you could connect with or like identify with? Yes and no. Um, I think that growing up, I have a twin brother and him and I growing up, we were I we weren't rejecting heritage by any means but you know we're 9 10 11 years old you know having to go to Hebrew school so we can get bar mitzvah like who wants to do that when they're 11 years old like I just want to chill with my friends and play video games and I want to ride a bike I want to ride a bike like let me let me rip stick down my block like I don't I don't want to I don't I'm not fucking with this right now so I I'll rip stick circles around your ass like anyone (laughs) who's listening right now don't come for me on the rip stick because I will I will embarrass you he will embarrass you. I will embarrass the fuck out of you. He starts doing flips. <laughs> I just did backflip. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, at the time I want, I didn't really care. I really didn't. And then my parents gave us the choice after we got bar mitzvah, do we want to continue studying or not? And me being 13, I was like, fuck that. 
no, like I don't work. I don't want that. I don't want that. I want to. Yeah, I literally want to play first person shooter games and and <laughs> kill somebody. Like, I just want to kill people. I just want to kill. Like that's what I want to do. And yeah. I think that you know my grandma being a Holocaust survivor and you know everything that she's endured and all that kind of stuff. I wish that growing up I had more empathy for that because it, I it would have definitely shaped how I would have viewed religion as you know a young teen and, and everything and um but even now like fast forward to today i understand why my parents gave me the choice to continue to study because you know forcing a child to do anything is just you're not going to get the outcome that you want no. but me then when i have kids i'll probably do the same i'm going to grow them up jewish I'll, you know, do everything I can to get them involved. And Give then them, you're just giving them and I'm giving them the choice. Yeah. I'm giving them the information. I'm giving them the yeah. choice. And I think that that's the most that you can do without being forceful. Because you never like it doesn't even matter what it is. But like genuinely, truly, if you're forcing something on a child, the mm-hmm. likelihood of them fucking with it is low. Yeah. It's true. Because it feels like a chore. It feels yeah. tedious. It feels annoying. It feels like there's so much expectation placed on you and you're a small child. Your yeah. brain isn't developed. No. So like to give you the option is also I feel like your parents humanizing you and mm-hmm. re- treating you with respect as I think they should. Yeah. But I think a lot of times parents are, you know, this is my property type shit and you will do what I want and you will yeah. be who I want you to mm-hmm. be. So it's nice that they kind of gave you that freedom and that choice from an early age, which like, I feel like facilitates for kind of you being able to actually turn into a person that you want to be. It let me appreciate it more yeah, and appreciate the past that my, you know, grandparents have had in their relationship with Judaism and the relationship with their families and you know, how they were brought up and everything. And not that I'm going to follow the exact way that they've done it, but I'll, I'll, I've taken notes and I'll implement it when I have kids. And I think that's like kind of what is, I don't know. I feel like when you're, you grow up in this day and age, like it's, it doesn't matter what your belief. It's hard to just like kind of do it exactly the way they did it. Just given everything that, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, it's not realistic, no. but I think to take what you, what makes sense to you from anything and in, in implementing it in either your for children or whatever, it's like you're kind of creating that environment for them in a way that makes sense, you know? But I, um, I definitely think that like, just coming back to like you mentioning, you're like, I felt, I wish I could have had more empathy. Mm-hmm. It's really hard as a child. Don't be too hard. on Cause I feel that way too. I'm like, I didn't realize a lot of things about my parents and what they've been through until quite frankly, maybe like five years ago. Yeah. And like, it was kind of this thing of like, damn, I'm an asshole. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, I was, I was I'm like, I look back in my initials. I was not respecting my heritage no. in any way, shape or form. No. And it's also like that little bit of like rebellion. Yeah. You know, which I think everyone has in them and you, you got to do it. And yeah. luckily your parents and family still love you. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. Because no, I mean, I definitely like hated speaking in Arabic. Mm. I, I just, I didn't want to partake. Yeah. 
I was like, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. And then like, as I got older, I was like, wow, this actually shaped me. Mm-hmm. And maybe I should appreciate that. Yeah. And then you start to like really think about it. And you're like, oh, wow, this really has shaped me. And I've taken from it what makes sense and kind of, you know, put it all together. And without that, I would not be the person I am today. And I love who I am today. So I'm like, damn, I wish I was more grateful. But it's also like, you really can't know because you're, I was thinking about Barbies. I just wanted to be, uh, yeah, pretty, me too. <laughs> You're like, same. Same, honestly. Listen, I got the Nutcracker Ballerina Barbie with the real eyelashes. The way that I literally am still looking for it in my parents' garage every time I go to their house. I'm like, where the fuck is that? That was the highlight of my life. She had real eyelashes. I wonder where they got them. I know exactly where my dad got it for me. Because I, I remember he... No, I want to know where they got the eyelashes. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, you're talking about the actual eyelashes? Yeah. I feel like they were plastic. Oh, okay. Like, I feel like they weren't, like, real. Oh, they weren't real eyelashes. No, no, no. Something about that seems very Megan. <laughs> no, no, no. It was, like, Barbies usually had them, like, kind of, like, drawn, like, on their face. But, so like, kind. hers were, like, 3D. Like, oh, real eyelashes. Her. Yeah. And I was like, this is fucking crazy. My dad got it for me. Shout out to my dad. Shout out, dad. He was literally like, you want this Barbie? Okay. <laughs> so I was like, thanks, Baba. You want Barbie? You want, you want Barbie, Noor? <laughs> this is me teaching Alex Arabic. Just be like, you want Barbie? <laughs> there you go. You did That's it. That's it. I've done. I've, I've, I've made my grandpa proud. <laughs> <laughs> He's like crying. <laughs> yeah. Writing a poem. I don't know. I feel like people in Adal are writing poetry. In my mind. And in my heart. They're very poetic. <laughs> they are very poetic. Listen, some of my favorite Arabic music is of Adal you know, yeah. people. Because they're so... Like, their poetry is like so it makes you want to kill yourself, but like in the best way possible. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like you will contemplate taking your own life. Yeah. But you won't. No, you won't. And then you'll but be like, you will, but you won't, but you will. But then you'll also be like, this is beautiful. But yeah, it's it also is. Like, this is sad. I know. And I'm like, anything that makes me feel that I want, mm-hmm. I want it. Yeah. My grandpa always, it was always the running joke in our family. He was very into photography and he had a whole bunch of cameras and growing up, I had, didn't understand anything about it. But anytime we were together, it's always like, look at Sam. He's got a photo. Look at grandpa. He's got a photo, like photo, photo, photo time. And honestly, I'm so glad that that happened because one, I have his cameras now. You do. I do have his cameras. That's really nice. I need to learn how to use most of them. <laughs> you're like, they are not being used. They are. But you're, some are being used. Some yeah, you're like, used. you're a photographer. Like, okay, like, you, you take great photos. I don't know if you would identify as a photographer, but like, you I take wouldn't because really I, great photos. I think that I need to give credit to the people who yes. truly understand. Hence the hesitism. The hesitation. Yeah. Hesi- the hesitism. I understand the, the basis yeah. and the basics and the basics of editing and all that kind of stuff. I'm obviously forever trying to learn, but you know, the idea of photography and where it stemmed from for me and just imagery as a whole for sure from for like definitely my grandpa because now there's just i can't think of taking a photo without thinking of him which is kind of crazy but yeah i don't know it that that i feel like that is why your photos like resonate it's because there is that like i didn't know that but i feel like it makes it more special it makes a process of capturing the photo more special it's a moment in time yeah you're capturing like when you think of photography as capturing a moment in time and like what the ethos behind what a photo can do for someone's imagination or the fantasy that they can create for themselves or anything, it's like that to me is what drives my creative process is if you look at something that I've worked on or 
I mean, this is kind of my whole rule of thumb is if I can transport someone's way of thinking, well, not transport. I mean, how do I say this? It's like inspire, inspire in a way that is thought provoking. Not so much like I'm just looking at a photo of what, you know, whatever the fuck it might be. Cause a lot of my photos are of myself. It could be a self portrait, but it can also be of other photos that, you know, I've worked on with other models or, you know, friends of mine or it's, it's anything. Honestly, it's just create a moment. Think about it for a sec. How does that make you feel? And are you going to do anything with that information? You want to like evoke emotion, you know, yeah. good or bad, honestly. Yeah. Like it doesn't always have to be good. I don't like Helmut Newton's one of my favorite photographers that man was all about sex. Yeah. And it pissed and, a lot of people And off. not saying that my grandpa's photography relates to my <laughs> fascination <laughs> with, with the sexual innuendos, but it's, that's what I was drawn to. Mm-hmm. Like when I look, I have this corner in my room that's like just books basically stacked to my ceiling and the half of them are books about, you know, there's half of them are like naked people. I just <laughs> that's a soundbite that, that <laughs> I have a quarter in my room I cut the whole part and it's a book books of naked people but it's just books where there's just tits flying everywhere it's like I don't know I love the human body I love celebrating the human body and I think that it's one of the most beautiful natural things that we have and why not celebrate each and every form I mean I couldn't agree with you anymore because genuinely it's it's so hard just existing right existing in the world and feeling comfortable today in your body also on top of that Mm -hmm. and like also if you like fashion that's gonna make it worse i would say i would absolutely (laughs) say that like the way that i was like how can i look like kate moss at 11 years old i was like what can i do i can't (laughs) it took me a long time to come to terms with that though though i really fucking tried i was like i'm gonna do this I'm going to look like Kate Moss and it's going to happen and I'm going to use the power of my mind. I'm not a witch, but I will <laughs> use the power of my mind to try to achieve that. And I was like, you're not going to look like that. And that's okay. And it is also like just a constant, there's so much self-talk. I feel like when it comes to bodies and like the perception and like what the norm is and like what is considered to be beautiful or attractive, but it's all so fucking subjective. And I like have to constantly remind myself of that. Everything is so subjective and like, yeah, all bodies are beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> you heard that world. They're like, this is taking a lot of first. We're like, your outfit looks like shit, but all bodies are beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what's the correlation there? <laughs> That's for like, I'm going to roast you, but. Just know that it comes from a place of love. Yeah, it's never like ew. No, I'm never. It's I never ill. Sometimes it's sometimes. It's <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, actually, well, actually, let's... no. Sometimes it's ill, but well, let's not be liars. <laughs> but like, no, it, the... I don't want to come off as like a hypocrite, but like, you know, <laughs> listen, feelings are confusing. Yeah, and sometimes they vacillate, and it's okay. You know, whatever. Just be hot. Exactly. If you feel hot, just be hot fine just be hot just be hot that's just, it that's, at the end of the day just, all you gotta do is be hot that's all we want but like i i definitely feel like i can tell that you do genuinely you the titties on your instagram stories there's always an ass there's a tit there's a tit there's an ass there's yeah. something in there there's some form of the body i just i don't know it's i like sparking a conversation i don't want people to feel too comfortable around me if you do then we're friends and it's great but you know never underestimate what an image can do 
the idea that an image can be so powerful that it shapes the way you think about the person or the people who worked on said image and the perception that comes along with that. It's like, I don't know, it's a very powerful tool that you can use for your advantage or your disadvantage. And kind of like playing off of that, you mentioned earlier, like even when you started kind of mm-hmm. posting fit pics or whatever, ultimately you had... A, and this whole thing is related to fit pics, yeah. by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like ultimately... Sh- <laughs> I'm just like, shh, shh, shh. No, don't tell people that. <laughs> I'm like, no, but like you... You mentioned that there was like a kind of, you had an end goal in yeah. mind. Has that evolved over the years? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I look at it in, in a couple different ways. It's like, I love getting dressed. Why not want, why wouldn't I want to show that to the world? And I think that you can make the argument for anything that someone does nowadays and how social media is rooted in just presenting yourself as an entity. So it started as, you know, just wanting to post outfit photos and then, Working in the industry for a little bit, I my first job was I was an intern at Esquire. Shout out Alfonso, and that was my summer going into my senior year of college, and that was my first ever introduction to anything fashion. Like before that, I knew nothing. I knew li- absolutely. No, I didn't know shit about shit. This interview. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a nepo baby. <laughs> Wait, are you? No. Oh, I was gonna be like Alex. How did no, I not know it, this about you? No, no, no. Why are we but not was, utilizing it for it people? Was, it was <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck? No, but it was through connections okay. because I didn't know yeah. shit about shit. I had an interest in it, and mm-hmm. I was so hungry to learn, mm-hmm. but I didn't know where to start. Yeah. Um, and working there gave me the like the ins and outs of the beginner. Like I got the, the, you know, the handbook of beginners of fashion on the table and, uh, fashion PR, fashion styling, calling in samples, you know, how to work in the publication world, working around the editorial schedule, all that kind of stuff. And I mean, that kind of, that was the jumping point for everything else. And it evolved over time, just seeing how the industry evolves and seeing how I see myself and, either what I would want to change or what I would want to work on. And that's the two things that I was talking about. It's like, there are things in the industry that I would like to change. And there are things in the industry that I absolutely love and want to push forward. And I think that trying to be able to work on both is, I guess a way that every, a lot of people subconsciously do anyway. It's like, we're working towards a place of peace and working towards a place of, or trying to get to this idea of peace. But I'd be lying if I said like, and peaceful is not fun. Like, <laughs> I, I think anyone could gather that you we, like you under you get what yeah, I mean. Like, peaceful is yeah. not fun. No, I want there's I always want to be a little bit uncomfortable. You you ruffling of the feathers and it's yeah. it, like you said it's going to spark conversation. It's yeah. going to kind of you know possibly change someone's perspective on yeah. something, but also could change yours like yeah. it's just by doing these things that feel a little uncomfortable that's where growth comes from yeah. i feel like i want to vomit for saying that that just felt like the corniest thing i've ever no, said. no but it, it's true it's like you know you can look at someone you know doing some shit and be like oh like how did that make me feel and then what do i do with that information that you know fizzles into something else mm-hmm. and i think that's also kind of you know, you being an intern and kind of dabbling in all these different kind of... I was a shitty intern. (laughs) God. I gotta say, I am not surprised. Yeah, listen. (laughs) Not in any way other than I feel like I could just imagine you like strolling in very late. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, no, no, no. I wasn't. Oh, late. you were punctual? Ish. Okay, so I'm just talking I was, about myself I was, now. I was, well, you have to, like, I was living with my parents back then. Like, I was living in Long Island, and I would commute to the city every day for my internship. Oh, you dedicated. I was so dedicated. I had a passion for fashion, babe, and I was going to make it work. Listen, that much is clear. I'm like, if you were commuting and punctual, that's dedicated. Punctual-ish. <laughs> You're like more punctual than nor will ever more, be. More punctual than you know. I would. I would say. No, I'm, I would say I'm punctual. Good job. You are. Yeah. Yeah. You really are. It's kind of annoying, but <laughs> <laughs> I kind of sometimes I'm like, hmm, I, I wish you were not. <laughs> <laughs> I like punctuality. It's it is good. It's so good. But like I'm in my being late mm-hmm. era. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to segue for a second. <laughs> you just triggered me. <laughs> Saying, like, in my era. Oh, my. Babe, what era? Like, what era is this? We're not in the era of doing shit. Like, Listen, I did say it to hopefully trigger you. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, I could, this is the part where I'm going to start going on tangents about, about things. Please, I, please, tell me. What, what, what makes the, you mad? In, <laughs> saying in my era. Makes you mad. In, like, blank. I'm in my blank era. Bitch, what era? What era is that? You're, you're the same person. You're not doing shit. <laughs> like, what else? come on. What else pisses you off? I know, I know that. I know that there's shit that makes you so angry. Because I've heard you. I've heard you go on rants, and I like them, and I egged you on. Half of this podcast is about being like, love yourself. And the other half is, I fucking hate. It's balanced. But it's good. No, I love when people hate things. Yes, because it's like, if you don't hate something, then you love everything. And then, then you, it's like, and you don't love you? You, you don't. No, I don't care who you are. You don't love everything. It's about passion. I love people that hate things. And voice your hate to me. Exactly. Because it's also like, maybe now I hate you. But also, maybe now I respect you. Yeah. that's And that's totally fine. You can hate me. I mean, you don't even, honestly, you don't even have to respect me. I really don't care. But if like, yeah, I don't, I don't care. You heard it here first. Disrespect him. Disres- that's, I like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> this turns into a whole other conversation. <laughs> but the thing is like, I love when people hate things because it means you have an opinion and it means you care so much about something specifically that it makes you feel a certain way. Yes. That's literally my whole like, you are saying the things that I'm like, I like that sentence. I'm like, yes, just, I yeah. want that on a fucking t-shirt that also says destroy Nazis. Yeah. Like at the bottom, like PS. We'll sew it on. Yeah. Let's make it. We make merch. Yeah. We make it. But like, <laughs> but like, com. Yeah. Listen, this is not a website that exists. I do own the domain though, but, uh, I just, I really do feel like if someone does not have strong opinions, their opinion on anything feels less valuable and kind of invalid and means nothing to me. So you're saying that there's people out there whose opinion doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just getting, just getting that. Because they're not passionate. They're not be, yeah, saying be it with their passionate chest. about something. And, but you can also like, you can be passionate about love. You can be passionate about loving everything. And that's fine. That means you care so much about wanting everyone to be happy and prosperous. And that's wonderful. But give me a little, give me a little spice. Give me, a, oh. give me a little something. The world is not all love and butterflies, and it's never going to be that way. So let's, you know, enjoy this while we have it. And I feel like 
I would have to imagine as someone who's never had a singular feeling that they've kept to themselves. So I'm going to have to try to like visualize what that would feel like. <laughs> yeah. I so think you, got a it, lot of in, you might have a lot of internal demons if you're keeping everything to yourself. Listen, but I also think that it's like a fear of like, this person won't like me. Yeah. And it's like, why would you want this person? Mm-hmm. Why would you want to trick this person to like you if you know that like you if you can't be yourself around somebody yeah. and them not like you then what's the point exactly so i'm like i think everyone should share all of their feelings and maybe sometimes i will walk away but that's just what you're gonna have to deal with yeah i might not like you as a person but i respect you for being yourself i think that's what it is though it's like you are just being a normal human being, like not even normal, normal. I don't even want to use that word, but like you're being a human. Just be you, be yourself. Who cares? And like, I definitely feel like I will say things and it, I'm always pleasantly surprised when like the reception from this person who maybe I don't know that well is like, not like, oh, now I'm uncomfortable. It's like, we're now having a dialogue. Yeah. And I will say nine out of 10 times, it's me talking about Palestine. Yeah. <laughs> And by nine out of ten times, I mean a hundred out of ten. Times. The thing is, you can't please everyone, no. and you can't live to please everyone because then you're not pleasing yourself, and, and you're not gonna you're not gonna be filled emotionally. You're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah, I think you that's are. also what yeah. it is. It's like if you want to like yourself, don't set yourself up for failure. No, and like I think that it's not like I'm seeking out hatred from people, but. I don't want everyone to just be like, Nora is so nice, which no one has ever said that. Oh, but if someone was like, if someone said, Oh, you, you know, Alex, like he's so sweet. I hate the word sweet. I hate the way that I, not in any negative way, but, but I would not use that like, to describe you, but it's <laughs> would not describe you in, you can, you're kind. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have kindness in you, but like sweet, I just feel like it seems so contrived. Yeah. It's like, okay, if you say the word sweet, I know there's something in there. And also, like, you've definitely killed a puppy or something. Probably. Like, I feel like when someone is, like, super fucking just creepy, nice, sweet to everyone, I'm like, I do I, not I don't trust, trust you. Person. I don't trust you. I'm sorry. I don't. And it ca- all comes back to you, you don't have an opinion that you're willing to share because you want to, pl- quote, unquote, please everyone. Yeah. But I also think but it's I think selfish. That, that, but that can, it's, the ideology of pleasing everyone can go in so many different ways. And it's like... You can want to uplift. There's, I think that you can think of it in two separate ways. Like you can want to uplift everyone and want everyone to love themselves and everything, but you don't have to then try and please everyone at the same time because not everyone's going to agree with you. And I don't know if I voiced that the way that it was supposed to be come out of my mouth, like in my head, but just know we love peace. We love prosperity. We want everyone to feel great. Yes. But be yourself. Yes. Yes. And you don't have to please everyone to be fulfilled inside. Honestly, you did actually, the second time around, you articulated that perfectly. Okay. And it, <laughs> Great. <laughs> and I feel like you, you really just brought it all together in that, like, it's like, yeah, that's really ultimately, I think, what makes people different. And that's the, yeah. like, what the fuck is the point if everyone is the same? Because I'm sure there's people out there who don't like me, who don't like you, but at the end of the day, if you... <laughs> and we can list them. And, oh, and I got a list, babe. And we'll name them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm checking lists and everything. But at the end of the day, I like me for me. I like me for myself. And that's it. Listen, Alex, I, the way that I'm like, we, we just were about to hit the one hour mark. I'm like, that was a perfect ending point. Mm -hmm. Ah, Chef's kiss. Amazing. You're in your ending a podcast really well era. (laughs) (laughs) 
I hate myself so much. I, I really hate that you said that. He's going to fuck I, me up right now. I hope that you keep that in just so that you can get oh, bullied on Twitter. That is going to be kept in the episode. I 100%. love Twitter, by the way. What do you love about... I want to know what you, Alex Roth... What I love what about Twitter? What you love about Twitter? Oh, my God. It's how people can hate something so viscerally. Yeah. With but And how quick people are to jump to reactions about scenarios they know absolutely nothing Super about chaotic. i live for it i love when i'm reading just the most absolutely in-depth dissertations on twitter threads it makes me feel so just happy to be alive i love reading them are you just reading or are you posting i do post on twitter a lot no, I love Twitter. I, I love posting, and I, I love consuming Twitter. Okay. I, I was in like I liked to post on Twitter, like, yeah. But then now I just like I, I post I on through. Twitter because I obviously have a lot of thoughts. My drafts are endless because I will never post like some absolutely I need to go ridiculous, ridiculous thing. We can go in my drafts yeah, after. Yeah, yeah. But the thing about Twitter is like I post a lot of my you know work purposes. I post a lot of my work on Twitter. Yeah. I post thoughts on Twitter. It's a place for free thinking. Obviously, that's why Twitter was invented. It's like, just say what you what you fucking want. Yeah. But I think... <laughs> but I also don't think that everyone should tweet. <laughs> and, and you wouldn't be who you are if like, you did not feel that way. I, you know, some people just shouldn't tweet. Some people shouldn't talk, actually. <laughs> not even just tweet. Like, and, there you know, are I'm sure people... there's people out there who are like, you know what? Alex shouldn't fucking tweet. I disagree. But, yeah. And I will argue your case. Please, thanks. I am now your litigator. Good. But I just love how quick people are to jump to conclusions. Because I, for something in me, I love the chaos. It's funny. It's I, genuinely funny. It's genuinely funny. I'm like, I'm, when you as a person are reading a Twitter thread or a tweet or just a blurb about anything where you understand the topic and you understand the events of said topic but are reading this dissertation on something someone knows nothing about yes. you can't help but just laugh the confidence the confidence and the balls someone yes. has to just speak so blindly about something that they know nothing about comedy i live it's like that I fucking is live. so it's that, like how could you be so passionate about something yeah. that you know, know nothing about yeah. i'm like i'm so happy you're passionate but just please do it a smidge of research before you just, you know, it's on the internet. The internet's forever. And that's why my first Twitter account was deleted. Oh, my, mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh my God, that's why that one is gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. Listen, hey. but that's why I love fashion Twitter, like high fashion Twitter. I live for those, for the gays. I live for those gays. Those are the funniest motherfuckers on earth. They, do not give a singular fuck. They don't give a fuck. Stan Twitter, like fashion Twitter and Stan Twitter is one of the most soul-sucking places on earth. We need to start a play based off of Twitter. I would. <laughs> I would absolutely. I'm, I'm going to sneeze. Um, but I, yeah, Stan Twitter and high fashion Twitter. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you know what? It's you're all not right. Funny. You're not funny. And you're dumb and you should never speak. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> Wait, it's, it's, this, everyone is so confused now. They're like, what are these people? What do I'm they like, want? what do they believe in? Like, who, who are these people? What do they believe in? I couldn't tell you after this podcast. I don't we know. We don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're actually going to figure that but out. But just know, Stan Twitter, I'm here for you. I love you. I love you so much. Like, when you open a tweet about, like, Cardi B, you know, any artist, and under them, it's like, Selena Outsold. 
it's like, <laughs> like what? I, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? But I see you, I hear you, I believe you. You know, you're so delusional. I live for it. Really quick, I do want to know what your thoughts yes. are on Selena Gomez and Haley Bieber. And Haley Bieber. I just need to know. Um, I think <laughs> it's just. <laughs> It's going to be fucked up. I can feel it in my bones. I can feel it. I can feel it. I honestly, I have a take, but I don't have like a solid take on it. Okay. Because. So you're not going to tweet about it? No, I won't. I'm going to leave that for the girlies at home. But I think that everything is so qualitative and quantified that no one actually knows what's going on. And within the world of fashion PR, like you never like anything can happen. Anything could be spun in any sort of direction. Mm -hmm. You know, business is business at the end of the day, babes. And I'm going to, I live for business and I love, (laughs) I love when you girls are just (laughs) doing your damn thing. It's very funny, but I do, I will say. And business is booming. Let me tell you, this is all like Twitter. It's all, but see, it's all that Twitter's talking about. They're doing their job, whether it's good or bad. Obviously, there is a such thing. I believe that there is a such thing as bad publicity. Yes. But if they're talking, they're talking. And if, you know, that's... It's exposure. That's it's, life. It's like brand awareness. That's it's, the circle of public life. Yeah, listen. You have your ups, you have your downs, but, you know, stand Twitter, man. They'll get you. <laughs> they'll rip you and they'll rip you to shreds. That's one thing that you could feel certain about is that stand Twitter is... There's no, there's no vacillating feelings. Mm-mm. He loves it. Oh, I love it. I live. And that's one thing you could take away from this. Yeah. Alex does love it. I love Stan Twitter. Everything else is confusing. I read that's okay. I, I love Stan Twitter. I read it religiously. Now I need to I'm, I need to follow you. I need to see who you're following. Yeah. I, I need to do all of these things. And, it, and might I add, my Twitter is not the most exciting thing in the world by any means. Like I tweet about clothes and like <laughs> fit pics and <laughs> random things, but like I read. I, He's I see, read a book I, before. I, I've read a book before. I, I see. I see Stan Twitter, especially high fashion Twitter. I live for those gays. It's it's maybe one of the funniest I think sects of the internet. Yeah, like it's just zero fucks. Mm-mm. I'm going no to tell you what I think. I do not care who this upsets. Yeah, I'm going to say it with my whole body. I love an empty profile. Like I love going to someone's profile. I have no idea who you are, but you're telling me like. <laughs> Selena Gomez built the Great Wall of Egypt or of China. Sorry, <laughs> the Great Wall of Egypt doesn't even exist. But, but you, they probably would they, tell me they that they it would exists. say that. That's the thing, though. They would say they that. They would say that, and I, and I live for it. And I'm like, I need to go there. Yeah, I need to. I'm like, bring me to the Great Wall of Egypt. Put me on the plane. Yeah, I heard about it on Twitter. Where is it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we arrive at Cairo. I, like, I'm here. Hello? Yeah. Where is it? It's whatever. I could do this shit for, I could be on this podcast for hours. Honestly, do you want my podcast? <laughs> Can I just take it over? I give you my will. <laughs> I'm like, I write in my will. My podcast goes to Alex Roth. You are younger, so the chances of you outliving me is high. Listen, at this day and age, you never know. <laughs> Listen, we could both get murdered. <laughs> Life is not promised. No, but you're so natural. live every day. Very Muslim of you to say that. Um, <laughs> I, I love to force uh, Alex to be Muslim against his will. That is oppression. Sharia law is being practiced in this home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I knew you were going to be a natural on the podcast, and here you are proving it, you fucking bitch. <laughs> Listen, babes, I'm going to put my whole pussy into everything I do. And that's, I want to end there so deeply. Where can people follow you online? I'm like, that is, that's, that's what it, that's the ending note. That's it. That's it. You can follow me at Alexander D. Roth on all platforms. 
All of them? All platforms. Holy shit. Even OnlyFans. <gasps> no, Wait, I don't have... No, no. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's made. I have it. I haven't posted on it yet, though. You're so smart, though. You're so smart for getting that. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. A businessman. A businessman. A businesswoman, if you will. <laughs> a business lady. A business lady. <laughs> but uh, as always, guys, you could follow the podcast on Instagram at Arab American Psycho, where I will have a lovely photo of Alex. Maybe even a carousel. Who can say for sure? Who can say for I sure? Maybe I'll do some exclusive imagery for Norm. <gasps> We're about to shoot nudes for his only fans <laughs> yes. and for the Tasteful Instagram. nudes. <laughs> of course. Of course. Um, and... As always, don't forget to floss your teeth, wear your sunscreen, don't be a fucking asshole, and I'll talk to you next Sunday. Bye. Bye, bitch.